This is Brian from the soon-to-be champion Skybusters, and you are listening to Josh and Gar on the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix on Spotify. What up, what up, Pod Squad? It is Tuesday, November 16th, 2021, 5 p.m. sharp. I still don't like how dark it is outside, Josh, and it's only going to get darker week after week. I'm not a fan. This is podcast number 88, the 18th episode of our fourth season, some way, somehow. Season's starting the spring, though, so it hasn't been that many this fall yet, but we're excited, Josh. Uh, it's going to be a good show, a big show, in fact. Are you feeling more happy? Are you feeling more rocky this fine Tuesday eve? Rock'em, sock'em. Robots, rock'em. Welcome to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix with your lovely hostesses, Garlic Johnson. We're going to need to take a break here while I change my pants. And Josh Mitchell. Sitting here undefeated in everything I do, except fantasy football. No, I'm not allowed to handle crayons. <laughs> not after last time. <laughs> not after last time. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Garlic and Josh. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix Podcast. I'm one of your lovely hostesses, the Garlic Johnson. We are joined, as always, by your other lovely hostess, the Joshua Mitchell. Josh, say hi to them tree folks out there. Hi, tree folks. Very good, Josh. Very good. If you want to chat with us 24-7 about all things football and all things general chat i guess i don't know all things medical all things books whatever join our discord uh anchor.fm slash hoodpod is where you can leave us all your voicemails get yourself some raffle entries or you know do whatever you want to do with those or you can uh leave us an email hiddenoaksoverdose at gmail.com is how you would do so hiddenoaksoverdose.com is a great website to see some cool stuff about us and our other league members in our league of record the segment start times are down in the description below per use at levi oki illustration on instagram is the man responsible for our beautiful art you guys get it he's beautiful he's wonderful great christmas gifts i did a long ad read from last year those of you thinking about christmas carl barrow needs some lead time but uh you know i i gave my aunt a great uh, a great illustration of our, our late grandmother a couple of years after she passed my aunt absolutely loved it She's a rich aunt. She's someone who's really hard to shop for. But, uh, you know, I gave her a nice, very personal gift, a nice drawing of, my, you know, her mother, my grandmother for Christmas. So if you're thinking about uh, what to get some of your loved ones for Christmas that are hard to shop for, maybe a beautiful illustration from Levi Oki of a person or a thing or whatever. Shout them out. Look them up. Uh, but, yeah, Josh, how are you doing today, pal? Um, I'd be doing a lot better if I had the Googling open. The Googling open? Is there a particular reason you don't have the Googling open? Um, well, I was eating my Fantasy Zone snack early. Josh, and, please. We're professionals. And, and somehow there, something got, some form of liquid got into my bowl of trail mix. And so when I reached in, I, I was like, oh, it's wet. Who cares? And I put it all in my mouth. And I don't know what kind of liquid it was, but having a child, I'm kind of fearful for what it was, even though he's nowhere around. But they're sneaky little bastards. So... Sneaky little bastards, huh? I can see Walters out in the audience requesting to speak. Walters, I'm going to assume you hit the button on accident. Even if you didn't, I'm not going to let you speak right now. Um, Josh, I was uh, going to talk to you about it before the before the uh, show, but I wanted to save it. I've seen you spend plenty of hours on the old Forza Horizon 5. How's, she, how's old Mexico treating you down there so far? Oh, she's doing great. I uh, never played the... I tried playing Forza 4 from Game Pass and didn't, didn't get into it, but uh, ended up trying this one out when it was free on game pass and and really like it it's off road there's you know some fun jumps and stuff to do and yeah i, I beat the main campaign and and 
of the 560 roads that you could travel on in uh, in Mexico, I've I've currently hit about 450 of them. Um, so, needless to say, I've basically just given up on things. Walters, you're welcome to type in the chat what you'd like to talk about, and I will consider you bringing to the stage if it is worthy of my time, or our time, I should say, not just mine personally. Yeah, if I get a vote, I'm going to say no. <laughs> well, I tried tried to not to bring things to a vote with you, Josh, because your your views are usually well known beforehand. Uh, so if I can de- avoid democracy whenever possible, I go for it. Uh, but Josh, we've also been hitting up the Halo the last couple of weeks. I've been probably a little less social than usual. I fell behind on some of my shows and some of my podcast listening because so the MCC has been out for like seven years now but i knew the new halo was coming so i've been getting uh, some achievements on the old halo game just before the old halo uh or just before the new halo multiplayer came out i finished up the mcc got all 700 achievements in that thing and i was saving some of the hardest ones for last but i got them so i'm happy about that and now the new halo is flowing and making me happy what do you think so far as someone who has not been playing halo since the original xbox like i have or at least not religiously i mean yeah, I mean, I played Halo 2, like majority of people didn't own it. So that's probably why I, I never owned the original Xbox. Or um, And so that's probably why I didn't uh, enjoy it as much as others. But I, after playing a little bit last night, I do enjoy this one. It's a little bit uh, cleaner. I feel like, yes, the guns, there's, you know, it, it takes a lot of ammo to knock the shields down and everything. But I do feel like uh, th- it's a fun game. I enjoyed it. Definitely going to continue playing it, um, especially with uh, you and Carmel and maybe walters right yeah no so i mean if uh, anyone else wants to download halo on their xbox josh and i will be back on tonight probably about seven ish um we'll probably be playing some big teams i mean that's that's up to 12 people on a team you're welcome to join us uh might be three four of us as of right now and then the more the merrier but we got to keep going josh the intro went a little extra long glad to hear you're doing well i don't even know if i asked you how you're doing i think i might just gone into forza but you're doing you just went right into forza but i'm doing good how are you doing doing good Good? i'm doing good let's move on to the hidden oaks original fan tasty zone Josh, I, I, would, to us by? I would like to tell you this week that the Fantasy Zone is brought to us by the Skybusters. I know usually I pivot to you here, but let's just talk about what a great uh, company, uh, brand, uh, lifestyle, uh, whatever Skybusters is. And it certainly is that, the thing that it is. It is what it is. Uh, what a great uh, thing that Skybusters is to bring us the Fantasy Zone each and every week. Thank you for sponsoring this Hidden Oaks original segment, the Fantasy Zone, Skybusters. Josh, you uh, you got any snackages or beverages over there? Um, I just got done eating my uh, Levi Oki um, almond trail mix, a.k.a. caramel almond trail mix. Um, I've also got a side dish of pain and a uh, rum and coke. Side dish of pain? Huh? Sounds delicious. I got, you know, you know how it is, Josh. You already know what it is. Oh, baby. That's an Arnie right there. Dude. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a can of tuna. And then also, I didn't know Brad would be coming on a surprise. I was, this is going to be, this is not pre-planned. In honor of Brad, I do have a cup of Cheez-Its here. Not really a good way to get the sound on the mic, but you can hear the Cheez-Its uh, working around in this cup. They're in a cup because they're easier to eat while doing a podcast. But Brad, in honor of you, I'm eating some Cheez-Its tonight. So, let's yeah, that keep... sound you heard, Gar, was the uh, the sound barrier being broken as he entered Detroit Lakes <laughs> to steal your cup of Cheez-Its. I, and I, not not to encourage Bradley to come, uh, you know, uh, burgle me, but uh, I, this is a Costco box, so it's the giant box with the two giant bags inside. So, I mean, I've, I'm stocked up on Cheez-Its for the next, what would take Bradley three hours for me the next three months. So, shout out to Cheez-Its. Um, 
But yeah, let's uh, let's keep her moving. Josh Gruder and Gossip was pretty light this week. I really just threw out last second, uh, trying to stay topical with the Packers stock thing. I knew we wouldn't get a lot of responses because I gave people such a small time to respond. But I mean, you are obviously a Packers fan. We know the stock's not really real. You're not an act. You'd be an owner the same way Gerby's an owner. But it's kind of a cool souvenir, to be honest, to say you're the owner of a team. And so, since it's probably most relevant to you or Eric Landvik, who never listens or calls into the pod, um, are you thinking about throwing out three hundred bucks or whatever it is for just this piece? of paper to be cool or no well i got a second mortgage on the house uh just so i can uh get oh, do you few... buy do you buy all the shares yeah so you are now talking to the uh primary owner of the green bay packer football team aka the green bay packer football team because i haven't come up with a new name yet <laughs> it's gonna be an awesome name though that's so i mean but in all sincerity though would you would because you, it is i think it is kind of a cool souvenir to answer my own question from the discord i would pro- i mean I don't know if 300 bucks today would be a good financial decision for me, but assuming I'm in a normal, you know, state, I think I, you know, I wouldn't mind throwing out 300 bucks. It'd be just a cool souvenir and it'd be great pod content calling myself an owner of the Vikings all the time. So you overthinking about it or no? Yeah, I've thought about it, but for 300 bucks so with where I'm at in my life, um, having a child that hopefully will get into a college, um, at some point in their life, um, probably should save that $300. Cause who knows, maybe, maybe, um, whoever's in office when he's 18, 19 looking at schools turns it to like a dollar a credit. You know, it's possible. Who's to say? Um, excellent. So that was just a quick one. You know, like I said I'd buy one. Josh would. Josh, you threw out a poll, I believe, uh, during the weekend or maybe Friday. I honestly don't recall. I was too engrossed in Halo, the old one and now the new one. Uh, what was the last poll? What's the? Is there a new one today? What? Tell, tell us all about your massive polls, please. So I tossed out two of them. Um, one of them was on last Thursday when Odell signed with the Rams. I asked what his role would be. I would ask if he would be a solid number two option, um, a softer situational number two, um, or a distraction that derails the season and causes a chain of events that leads to the implosion of the Rams. Um, and we had five people say um, implosion of the Rams. One person say a solid number two, and three or and two people said a soft number two. Um, so yeah. The mushy looks kind like that a, requires like at least four or five wipes, that kind of soft number two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like there's quite a few um, people who feel like he's going to cause an implosion. And I don't want to say that uh, C was meant to be mocking, but also serious, but the Rams haven't won a game since he joined the roster, so... They are 0-1. And all, but also, though, you put that question out before it was learned that Robert Woods is out for the year. Like, he had what seemed like a surprise ACL tear. It seems like the guy tore his ACL, but then finished practice, and then just the next day, he's like, hmm, my leg got hurt. Let's see what's going on here. And then tore an ACL. What the fuck do you know? But... Yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise if you know, if you know a guy. But, uh... And then I put another one out, I believe it was two days ago, Sunday. Um, I asked something, so I'd seen something on Reddit um, asking if there was a punter in the draft that was guaranteed to put the ball on the one-yard line every single punt, how high would he go in the draft? And the consensus answer like, was number one overall. People, people in that um, um, post, whatever, were just belittling the guy who asked that question. Who knows his football knowledge? But just saying, that's a dumb thing. If he's not number one overall, you're wrong. And, uh, and I mean, so I wanted the, to see. Think of the implication. Like you're at your own. Let's say you get the ball at your own like one or five yard line. You stall out. That's a fucking 94 to 98 yard punt, dude. That's whew, that's first overall right there. Right. And so I wanted, I, I changed it up a little bit, but I asked if, who, 
who would rather have what you'd rather have for your team and um a have a kicker that hits 100 percent of the kicks within 40 yards only one person said that probably a vikings fan b <laughs> a punter that pins the ball within 10 yards 100 percent of the time um so not quite the one yard line but a 10 yard line c a defense that never gives up more than 24 and d an offense that never gets shut out and so we had four go for the punter within 10, two for the defense that never gives up more than 24. Um, I was, I personally believe that that field position with punting is more important than anything. So that's the one I went with. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think I voted for the field goal one myself. So makes sense. Yeah. That's uh, like you said, Vikings fan feel that pain. Um, yeah. There's no question about it. All right. Uh, should the should the fans be looking for another poll sometime soon? You got one cooking around in the noodle, or will it just be a nice little surprise? Maybe I like fr- the impromptu. I like the impromptu surprise poll. Um, so yeah, just keep keep your eyes peeled. Head on a swivel. A poll might be coming for you. I mean, maybe during or right before the you know the little show reminder. We like to send it on Friday mornings. If people haven't listened yet, that seems like it'd be a good time to get uh, some traction. So. Um, but you know, yeah. you, it's, it's your poll, Josh. Who am I to tell you what to do with your massive poll? My poll is not massive. I don't even know if you could consider what I have a poll, but it's there. I mean, if you, if you have any interest, you're definitely more than willing to handle my poll. Josh, I, <laughs> I have interest. Okay. Let's not, I don't want to disrespect your massive poll. I'm just saying I, I'm intimidated is what I'm going for here. But, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, I, I know brands and I know, I know, um, I know good marketing cause I do have a master's degree in business. So right after we talk about me handling your massive poll, Josh, we would like to thank one more time. Skybusters, the brand company lifestyle thing that sponsors us every week. Thank you so much. Skybusters. You are your, your thing is exactly what that thing is. And we thank you for it. So, We'll go ahead and move on to Gar's Grinder. Josh, this little quick sitter, the quick hitter thing for people who don't skip around. we got to go with uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Dude uh, well, came into the season, what, a third or fourth string running back, depending on who you ask. He had 20 attempts on Sunday, 100 yards, two teeters, four receptions as well. I mean, the dude was absolutely grinding. Uh, and even after that, Bill Belichick was very, I mean, Bill Belichick's going to Bill Belichick, but he was very dismissive of, yeah, this backup running back in a great fill-in role. So, I mean, he didn't get the love he deserved on the camera. Hopefully, Billy B gave it to him off the camera, which I assume he did. But, you know, you love to see a rookie like that uh, show up big. So, this week's Gars Grinder was Ramondre Stevenson with his uh, great football and fantasy performance. Yeah, he was actually my stud for the season. Uh, well, yeah. Josh, let's see if he can he keep her going. Inactive for like three weeks this season. But <laughs> let's let's not talk about our year long studs and duds right now, Josh. Let's just say I took some big swings like Brian did in FanDuel last week, and uh, my swings are not looking too hot right now. So let's just go ahead and move on to the podcast play along, though. Speaking of Brian's big swings, um, Josh, who who rocked week ten? Who who was doing good? Are you on this list? Who who did the best? Oh. I'm not on this list. Um, I was number five, I believe, with 115. But Brad led the te- league or led the week with 144.2, followed by Yakov with 139.3, and then Derek with 133.66. And going into the afternoon games, I turned into Keaton. I was like, Brad's going to run away with it, I think, because um, he had like three guys that weren't playing, and he was in second at the time. And Jack had everyone going. Jack had a couple point people score, I think, late in their games to get up to 139. But I was like, Yeah, Brad's going to definitely. I take this week. So you're welcome, Brad. Called it. Overall standings, we've got the big cushy man with 742.48, which is not the change from last week. Durek with 694.08, which is 
um, enough to jump him into the top three. And then Happy Camper with 690.52, she's dropped down one spot. Yeah, but her well, score did not change. Elena hold it on for dear life with that three spot, because assuming, I mean, Hammer has to still be at 688 unless he improved by less than two points, but Elena just barely holding off Hammer out of getting her 10 bucks back, so we'll see if there's any sort of infighting at any more set, uh, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmases to see if Hammer tries to put a hit out to get the edge on Elena, but who's to say? Josh, last week, though, thank you for that recap, by the way. Last week, uh, I picked a stud, um, and the stud wasn't very studly. I was really fading the Vikings last week. I assumed Justin Herbert was going to put up 500 yards, eight touchdowns, and then, you know, we'll see what the second quarter brings. But um, uh, he wasn't too studly. He scored 13 points. He was a 1.6 times value. Um, I will say, though, that Brian has been talking a little bit trash about how bad we are picking studs and duds here for the FanDuel contest. I will say, Justin Herbert, like I said in the Discord, he did better than what Carl Carson Wentz did. Brian came in last place. I don't know if Justin Herbert would have taken him out of last place, but um, something to think about, Brian. Maybe we don't know what we're talking about, but maybe we know more than you. Josh, how did you do last week? Um, I picked Cook as a stud. Um, you know, he was 8500 so a little bit more expensive, but he did get 19.3, which was 2.3 times his value. Um, so kind of a stud, but, you know, you'd still kind of want more. You'd want one of those 40-point performances. Um, we're never going to give you any of those guys because we save them for a self. Obviously. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, Brian, you could go ahead and talk trash all you want, but I believe I was on pace for like 100% accuracy on studs and dud picks for this segment. So, <laughs> <laughs> you okay, Josh? You need a second to go to, go to the bathroom or something? No, I'm good now. Okay. Um, okay, well, this week, Josh, to keep with the theme of me sticking with the Vikings games, I'm going in a different direction, though. I'm not fade the Vikes this week. I, well, I mean, the Vikes will lose the game to the pack, no question about it, even if it's at home. But I am going to fade Devontae Adams. Uh, Zimmer's been known kind of lately. It's kind of it's a lot more quiet than what Billy B does, but Zimmer really likes to, you know, take away a top target. You know, he, he can shut down Zeke. He can shut down top receivers usually. Um, you know, Pat P, P2 looks like he's going to be back. Um, he doesn't shadow the great receivers. So if Justin or if, uh, Devonta Adams on the other side of the field, that's fine. But, uh, for me this week, uh, my dud, I'm picking a dud because the Vikings defense is going to keep them in check. Devonta Adams, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. He's 84 hunch versus Minnesota. And I'm telling you, keep him out of your lineup, Brian. If you, if you play Devonta Adams, you're going to be embarrassed. Okay. Pat Pete and, uh, Cam Dantzler. <laughs> And uh, Brashad Bre, <laughs> I can't even see it with straight face. They're gonna shut him down, okay? So yeah, my dud for this week. Don't put him in your Fanduel lineup, Devontae Adams. Yeah, the second I saw your dud, I went and changed and took out some guys of mine to make sure Devontae was in my lineup. Uh -huh. um, and so, but I have a stud in Miles Gaskin, running back for Miami. They're going up against the Jets. He is sixty-two hunch. I feel like you know, if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I want to play. I want to play a middle-tier, lower guy for running back. Gaskin's probably the guy going up against the Jets. We've seen Mike White just kind of give the ball back to the other teams, so he's going to get plenty of opportunities. Um, and so I think that he's going to be at, uh, worth his value. All right. Well, there you have it, Brian. Brian, if you don't have uh, – if Devontae Adams is in your lineup, I'm embarrassed for you. But if Miles Gaskin isn't in your lineup, Quinton and Josh, you should be embarrassed. So thank you, everyone, for tuning into the podcast pay along. Uh, podcast play along if i could fucking speak uh what do we got next josh uh, we've got josh's joker and this one goes out to somebody who's not in the nfl um probably won't have any sort of impact or role with the nfl based on his decisions this past week 
Um, likely needs to use a phone book to sit in order to reach his computer screen. I'm talking about none other than T. Gar's cousin, T. Oh, no. This man had the opportunity to absolutely derail my dynasty season, even if it is. And yet, he took out Julio Jones from his lineup after he went on IR, but failed to take out the quarterback with the giant COV designation next to him. And had he put in the quarterback named Patrick Mahomes, likely would have beaten... Well, yeah, he definitely would have beaten me. Um, but no, he gave me a win, just enough to kind of give that pep talk to my locker room, get them going. Um, Gar, I think I, if there were a table, my team would be running it right now. Unfreaking believable Yeah, I don't know what to say about my cousin T. I that uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if Prasky was. I don't think Prasky listens. I don't know if Prasky was angling to try and get me to intervene because it's technically a quote unquote rule that we have to start an active lineup each week. I mean, I wasn't going to intervene because I mean T just fucked up and it was like the first time this season. But I don't know if that was what Prasky was going for or not. But yeah, well, T, I mean, even T if definitely would have beat you with uh, Pat Mahomes. Even if you did intervene, it's not like you can take a player out and then put another one in. You'd have to do something like pick punishment or, you know, like the deflate these balls. That would, I mean, otherwise just, you know, oops, I forgot to put everybody in. I forgot to put in my best players every week. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, we're going to do a little derailing of, it's going to be part of the Hidden Oaks highlights, but this is going to be the Hidden Oaks highlights hatred version coming from Josh Mitchell's own weekly report from the hidden oaks dynasty league okay so i have a report that i can run every so often and i've done it before and i've showed it to you and it comes up with the league's ranks and the in the you know coaching efficiencies and all of that <laughs> jazz okay um and so it has the season rankings on the like as we go through the year and we already know i'm in what eighth place now because jesse um is below me giggity correct um the team score rankings, top three on the season. Connor, me, Jalen. Well, team coaching strange. efficiency. Uh huh. Connor. Yep. Me. Uh huh. Bradley. Uh huh. Team luck rankings. Kevin. Okay. Derek. Okay. T. Okay. Jalen. Yep. Connor. Interesting. Brian. What number are we at right now? Was that six? Uh, that's five. Okay. Um, well, I guess, yeah, it's six because there's a tie. Um, and then we got Bradley for s- sixth place, seventh. Jesse. Uh-huh. Garlic. I'm more lucky than you. I have zero wins. Josh. <laughs> So on this, so what this does is it tells you like how you do against every other player (laughs) and assigns you a percentage. So the highest score and the lowest score get 0% luck. Okay. Um, And so if you were the second highest scoring team and you played the highest scoring team, you'd get negative 90%. Okay. Okay. So, you know, you could kind of figure out the, you know, the equation is more difficult than that, but you could kind of figure out the numbers you'd expect to see somewhere like, you know, 12% on either side is a big swing, you know? Sure. 10% is a big swing. Okay. I'm at 35.5% negative luck. <laughs> Do you want to know what the next closest negative luck is? Uh, it's. I mean, it sounds, like it's, it sounds like it's me. It sounds like I was next. 
Yep, yep. Do you want to know what your number is? Go ahead and take a guess. Uh, Mr. Tankathon. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with a negative 15% luck because I am intentionally starting bad players, so I don't think I can negative be Negative three. I'm not even going to let you finish your sentence. <laughs> negative three. We are the only two negatives, and I am 33% more negative than you. I hate this league. I hope it burns, and I hope we lose every single person to... I don't know. A good life that leads them away from fantasy. I don't want to wish bad luck on people. Josh, it's in times like, and that was, I was not, for the record, I was not expected for that rant. Uh, Josh and I don't communicate too much because our show is pretty cut and dry. We pretty much do the same thing every week. I was not prepared for that. I will say, it sounds like if I were to, there's a lot of hood people in the audience right now. Uh, it sounds like if I were to channel bad Brian, uh, and I've said this on the pod before, you need to quit being a fucking victim, Josh, okay? We get it. You're unlucky. You're in eighth place. You fucking stink. It doesn't matter how good of a coach you are. It doesn't matter how many points you've scored. You're in eighth place. You're what, th- two and seven, three and whatever it is? I don't how know. How dare you? Quit, I'm three and six. Quit being a fucking victim, Josh. That's all I know, okay? Uh, are, you, are you done ranting now? Can we get into the actual Hidden Oaks highlights, or you got more? Got more complaining yeah, and whining? No, my you? heart can't take anymore. All right, Mr. Victim. Well, I'll talk for a bit then, because that was a lot. Uh, we had a side bet last week, uh, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, it was sack up. The defense with the most sacks uh, gets the side bet, gets a $5 foot long in their pocket, and uh, T won it. Uh, the Patriots' defense had five sacks. There was a lot of fours out there. I was, uh, you know, including Willie, the guy I was playing against. I thought the guy I was uh, playing against was going to get the side bet again, but nope, T gets it. The Patriots' defense and their five sacks. Uh, Brad's here probably with no coincidence to the fact that he was the big blowout last week. He absolutely murdered Garrett um, over the hill, um, dominated Henry Gone give it to you, 141.9 to 69.2. That's a 72.7 difference. Bradley beat Garrett by more than what Garrett scored, and that's got to fucking hurt a lot. Uh, the nail-biter last week was uh, Skybusters over That's Hilarious. Brian barely beat T, 115.4 to 99.5, which doesn't sound like that barely to some other lower-scoring leagues, but 16-point difference, you know, that's the closest game we had, so that's, that's the nail-biter of the week. Josh, we got some lows and some highs coming up with totals included. Yeah, I went back and I actually totaled all the weeks I missed, too. Um, but yeah, going back to the lows, we've got... Okay, so back to this luck rank... I'm just kidding. Um, shut the fuck up, please. <laughs> please shut the fuck up. Uh, for the low, we have... Um, it's pretty much... Well, I guess not pretty much, but a third of it's Jesse's roster. Um, oh, no. At quarterback, we have uh, Russell Wilson going up against the Green Bay Packers defense. What an idiot. Who plays them? Um, 7.25. Uh, running backs, we had Corderell Patterson and Le'Veon Bell with 4.9 and 0.1. Uh, both those owned by Jesse. Uh <laughs> Wide receiver, we had uh, Deshaun Jackson um, with 2.8, and then A.J. Green with 1.4. Tight end, we had two people with zero, and that is uh, T.J. Hockensucky and uh, Mike Gesicki. And then in the flex, we had somebody with 1.5, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Worst defense of the week, Cleveland with negative six. And then the worst kicker was McLaughlin with one. Going over to the highs, we've got... Uh, whoa, 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 uh, Josh. You did the, you took the chance to total it up. What's the fucking total of the low team? No, 12.95 is the total for the low team. Yeah. I mean, give, uh, your, give your respect the, you know, the work. The, you put a well, lot I of work just didn't want to... You know, I just typed in numbers. I don't know if they're right. Um, <laughs> and so the Mahomes uh, got the highest scoring quarterback with 40.4. Uh, Daryl Williams, another chief, with 29.4 was uh, the top running back. And then, as Gar mentioned earlier, Ramondre Stevenson uh, was the other running back with 27.4. 
Uh, Diggs and Debo with uh, thirty point two and thirty point three were the top right. receivers. I've got a fucking gripe here. You, you. It looks like you purposely put me second on this list. What the fuck is this? My, my no, guy, I I, my, my guy clearly scored point one more than Jeremy. I'm a victim now. What the fuck is this? No one else can see this, but Josh usually lists them out highest to lowest at their position. He put Jeremy above me, despite the fact that Debo Samuel scored point one more points, one tenth higher than Stephon Diggs. What the fuck's going on? I went alphabetical order. Gar. <sighs> That's no, you did because Debo <laughs> is before Diggs. God. No, okay. actually, there, there was no reason. I, I it was not thinking about it. It was not mm-hmm. to slight you. Mm-hmm. It was because when I was scrolling mm-hmm. through, yeah. Okay, Please continue. Buddy. Um, we're gonna have to stop this podcast to let you sober up after all that wine you just had. Um, and so uh, Kelsey was the leading tight end with nineteen point nine. Uh, Jacoby Myers was the top flex with fourteen point nine. Gar with the Dallas defense twenty two. Uh, see your first in that one, and then Boswell was the leading kicker with twelve. The total score for that roster would have been 226.5. Shout out to the Hidden Oak squad. That team's almost attainable if it weren't for Diggs, uh, Mahomes, and uh, and Kelsey being Kelsey. up there. Yeah, that's a little tough as a top three, unless Mahomes really waited. Um, but uh, that team's almost pretty darn there possible. Uh, yeah, in a 12-team in a league, I could see that happening. Definitely um, in a 10. Especially with quarterback. Uh, definitely in a 10, yeah, because I could see uh, Kelsey and then Diggs at the turn and then Mahomes in the third. Yeah, just about. Not for a 14 person, though. Anyways, uh, I would like to mention, thank you for the highs and lows table, Josh. Um, I would welcome. like to mention that the trade deadline for us is Monday. So if you're a Hidden Oaks uh, Redraft League member, Hidden Oaks is Monday at noon for some reason. I don't know why it's noon on Monday, but if you want to position yourself for the playoffs any better, or if you want to avoid losing, Hammer, I see you're listening. I don't want to shit all over you because you did win. We haven't talked about that yet. Hammer uh, Hammer got a second win of the year over Josh. Josh, uh, particularly quiet about that for some reason. But um, if you want to position yourself either to do better in the playoffs or to avoid the dumpster fire medallion, um, you know, those are those are reasons to try and improve your team here before Monday at noon. So that's when the trade deadline is. Josh, before we move on to week eleven, do you want to talk about what it's like to lose to the uh, to lose to the worst team in the league? I think that we are far enough in the season to um, allow me to admit that I have been intentionally losing games this season uh-huh. um, as a way of giving back. Okay. Um, I've 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 since two thousand eighteen, I have been in the money for both dynasty and uh the redraft league and you know i just felt like stealing candy from a baby is wrong and since i'm a dad now i don't want to be doing that anymore i want that good juju and stuff so i've just been intentionally throwing this um and so we'll we'll call this my make a wish um so you're welcome Uh, I will say, Josh, I'm sure you don't have the standings up in front of you. Last week, you were uh, it seems you were prematurely um, pronouncing the death of uh, Catch-22, a.k.a. Andrew Hammer. If you look now, the Mr. 2-8 and eight at the bottom of uh, the league in 14th place, he now has a 1% chance of making the playoffs. So I don't want to say ESPN oh, was inaccurate last Lee. week, but uh, Hammer, you now have a 1% chance to make the playoffs. So I, I would like to redact. I would like to apologize. I would like to disavow us last week saying there's a 0% chance to make the playoffs us relying on espn was a mistake i acknowledge that and uh you know this is what hammer's thinking right now it's my favorite clip i'm gonna overuse it run into the ground but here we go here's hammer no we are not eliminated i am very calm but you're and cheating. we are gonna methodically well, come back and win this thing that's uh that was a live clip from inside the hammer household hammer scheming on how he's gonna make it to the playoffs at two and eight in a 14 person league 
All right, Josh. We uh, week eleven. Is there a side bet? What is she? And uh, you know what am I what am I going for here? Yeah, we've got hundred yards of gold. Team with the running back closest to hundred yards rushing, rushing, not receiving over or under. And the flex. Oh, the flex is eligible. I mean, okay. I'm, just, I'm just saying it should be because it hasn't really come up a lot this year so far. I feel like a lot of our side bets have been curtailed in certain ways. But, I mean, I think if someone wants to go out of their ways to try and win the five bucks, I mean, I don't. why not play a third running back? You know, I'm sure there's some teams who are like, ooh, I'm playing fucking Jeremy who's 10-0. You know, what am I doing here? So they might play. You know, I think there's no reason why they couldn't play a third running back in their flex and let that player be eligible. So um, I'm making the executive call. The you have Three solid running backs. I did, Josh, I have only one good running back, and you would argue with me that Dalvin Cook isn't very good. So I currently have T. Higgins in my flex, which he'll probably stay there. But oh, no. you also have Mike Davis, who's the starter. Yeah. yeah, Mike Davis is in my second running back spot. Who am I going to play? Am I going to play Tony Pollard in my flex over T. Higgins? Am I going to play David Johnson in my flex over T. Higgins? I am not. I'm not going to do any of those things. Thank you for being so concerned about me trying to game the system for myself. I'm clearly ineligible from winning side bets, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, but yeah, running back closest to 100 yards over or under. You could play three if you want to try and get uh, position yourself towards that uh, that extra five dollar in your pocket. Very briefly, Josh, who are you playing this week? Uh, is it going to be a nail biter or a blowout? Because we got to. Yeah, keep I'm playing moving. Derek. So um, a three and seven team, Derek versus me and my four and six somehow team. Um, yeah, right now we're projected within uh, 20 points of each other. Um, he's projected to beat me by 20, but I don't have a quarterback and he doesn't have a uh, chance in hell of beating me. I'm going to take him down. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I'm just kidding. I'm going to get my ass kicked. Jesse appears to be on a schneid. I'm playing Jesse this week. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say I'll beat him. Fuck you, Jesse. You're going to lose to me. It's not going to be a blowout, though. It looks like if we're going for blowouts, I'm going to... Jamie's projected like 50 points less than Brian right now. I'm going to say Jamie blows out Brian for fun. And then I'll say uh, Jeremy, 10-0 Jeremy, is going to be in a nail-biter against Trash of the League T somehow. I don't know why. I don't know how. But that's how it's going to end up on uh, Monday night, so... Good luck. One last shout out to Hammer for beating Josh. I've been telling Hammer to change his name name forever to get more wins. He stayed true to Catch Twenty Two, and then he decimated podcast host Josh last week. So maybe yeah, Hammer I mean, knows just, more than I do. He's the th- two time champ. I'm not going to say the universe is out to get me, but you know the week that one the, the week that best running back in the NFL comes back to full strength, it just so happens to be against me. I mean, yeah, that's uh, more more victimness. All right, Josh, let's move on. We're going to go ahead and we're going to get into the uh, medical minute here, Josh. And last week, uh, luckily, I didn't hear any mumbles or grumbles myself. I don't know if you did. Obviously, it's been very polarizing for some reason, getting the COVID vaccine. We are pro-vaccine podcast yet again. I'll state that clearly. We're not going to talk about it past that. Just get your fucking vaccine. The end. Jamie talked about it in length very eloquently and very intelligently. I wanted to, but Josh, we're a show of hot takes, I think now, and uh, I just want the medical minute to now be a very controversial segment, and I want it to be, um, I want people to come out either turning off the show at this point, or I want them to, I just want them to have a lot to say, you know, that's, uh, you know, like the Stephen A. Smith, that's what the medical minute's going to turn into, we're just going to say outrageous things so people react to it, okay? Uh, with that in mind, uh, Jamie pre-recorded this one last week knowing we're going to get into the controversy. So this week's Medical Minute is going to be all about post-shower sweats. If you get sweaty after the shower, what the hell's going on? Why is that happening? Oh. And what can a doctor tell us about it? This was requested by Hammer in the Discord specifically. So shout out to Hammer, Dr. Jamie Hammer's wife. But um, let's hear the controversy, Josh. Why are people getting sweaty after the shower? 
Hey guys, Dr. Jamie Hammer here to talk about shower sweats. You might have noticed after you work out, you take a shower and dry off, and all of a sudden you're soaking wet with sweat again. Let's talk about why this happens. When you're taking a nice warm shower, your body temp is increased. This is particularly worse if you've just come from a big workout where you've kept your body at a higher temperature for a longer period of time, or if you're cooling down from a sauna or a hot tub after your workout, um, but also just the general humidity that happens in a bathroom. It's made worse by using a towel to dry your skin and the rubbing motion creates a lot of friction that increases the heat experienced in your skin. Also, most people keep their towel right next to their shower and that hot towel makes things worse, even so. How do we prevent getting those dreaded shower sweats? The first thing you do is set yourself up for success. Keep your bathroom really well ventilated. If possible, you can keep your door open to encourage some of that moisture to leave the bathroom. The next thing is, as you're starting to finish your shower, turn your temperature down slowly, 10 seconds at a time, to gradually decrease your body temperature to encourage your body to reset its thermostat. After that, try to rinse your hair with cold water, and then when you're done, get out of the bathroom as soon as you can, leave that humid environment, use a nice cool towel to dry yourself off, and pat, don't rub your skin, don't add friction to the mixture. If all else fails, you can use a cold washcloth on the back of your neck to sort of keep your body nice and cool or cool water running on your wrists. And like I said, leave that bathroom and try to avoid these post-shower sweats. Keep your smell smelling fresh. If you need any other tips from Dr. Hammer, let me know in the Discord. Have a great week, guys. Oof, Josh, I'm surprised the Discord isn't already blowing up with people reacting to those, the very controversy that is shower sweats. Josh, I know when I saw Hammer request this in the... Um, in the Discord, I was like relatable. I'm pretty sure I reacted to it a couple times with a little of the emojis we've got. And I was like, this guy fucking gets it. When he asked about post-shower sweats, I, I knew that was relatable to me. I also know Hammer and I are big guys in different ways. I'm not going to say Hammer and I are anywhere in the same league of big guys. But Hammer, both people would look at me and Hammer and say we're big guys. Okay, maybe not in the same big guy category, but we're both big guys. So I don't know if you experience this or for other people listening right now who are maybe on the skinnier side of things or smaller side of things, experience post-shower sweats. I know I have many times. Are you a post-shower sweater? Is this something that relates to you? Uh, yeah, sometimes, usually after I row, if I don't wait like half an hour before showering um, again, then then I'll have the post-shower sweats. Um, and I found that the uh, the easiest way to combat them, um, Jamie was probably spot on with a lot of it. I mean, she, she does have that DR in front of her name for a reason, and MD after her name on her cards. Um, but... Uh, the simplest way to avoid post-shower sweats is just not shower. <laughs> Obviously, the whole reason you're sweating is because you're showering, because they're the post-shower sweats. So just stop showering. You get rid of the problem. Genius medical advice, Josh. Is there a DR or an MD before or after your name? Uh, no, but I have both of those letters, uh, both of those letter combinations in my, in my name. Um, Where's the D at? Yeah, um, well, you know, you just, do you really want to know, Gar? Yeah, or the R. I'm very interested where the R is as well. Um, well, you know, sometimes when I'm playing pirate, the R is all over. <laughs> um, but uh, the the D is uh, strictly in 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 the lower half of my body. Okay, well, on the lower half of my body. There you go. We all learned about the post-shower sweats. If you're working out, maybe give yourself a little more time or maybe, you know, maybe use a little more cold water, you know, before, during, or after your normal shower uh, sequence. Um, Hammer, I hope that answer was satisfactory to you. I don't know if Jamie let you listen as she recorded or if you had to, maybe that's why you're listening live today because you knew Jamie did the shower sweats just for you as you requested it. But 
Thank you, Dr. Jamie, for calling in with the post-shower sweats. Um, if you want to hear other things, obviously, Jamie's pulling things from the Discord. She did a couple of mine. She did one of Walter's. She did one of Hammer's. Uh, she did Mallet Finger for uh, Josh. I mean, if you go put it in the Discord, it's a good chance Jamie will talk about it. We've still got plenty of weeks left for Dr. Jamie Hammer to cover a Medical Minute topic. So go ahead and uh, put some requests for her in the Discord, and she just might choose yours. So big shout out to jamie thank you for calling in and uh you know i kind of i don't want to say i already knew kind of how to avoid the post shower sweats but now i'm certain now that dr jamie hammers told me what to do i'm gonna oh here's a question i wanted to ask you josh before we move on obviously i'm wrapping it up but um I, we all know that pooping after shower is the very worst thing on the entire planet it's the worst thing you could ever do is have to poop after shower you might as well start your whole day over how close does sweating after shower get to that? Obviously, the whole point of showering is to get yourself clean if you're sweat. If people don't know, sweat has almost identical chemical makeup to urine. So you're basically covered in urine if you want to think about it that way. But um, how... Uh, you how- just turned on half of our viewership. <laughs> Gar's golden shower is coming back yeah, strong. Uh, but no, how close... Uh, if, if 1 to 10, 10 was pooping after a shower is the worst. How close does sweating after a shower get to that pooping after the shower on the scale of 1 to 10? Oh, I mean, obviously pooping after a shower is the worst. It's 10 out of 10 every time. 11 out of 10 if you're if you're really a, a rule breaker. Yep. Uh, sh- but the post-shower sweats, you know, they're up there. They're like a 7 and 8 in my book because, honestly, it's so annoying. And it's happened to me multiple times when I'm in a hurry. Like, I'll row or do some cardio, and I'll go, and I'll shower, and we'll have to go somewhere. And then I'm sitting there, and especially in the winter. Oh, don't get me started, because then you get the <laughs> you get the ass sickles. Um, but uh, but uh, um, yeah, the post shower sweats are just atrocious as well. So uh, seven and eight, seven or eight out of <laughs> on, out of ten of mine. Interesting. I think just being so big, uh, just being so used to it as a as a large fellow, I think I'm pretty used to it. So I think it's lower on my scale just because I, I can get sweaty just thinking about working out. So it's a little different for me, but I would like to shout out. I saw Pribs joined the live. I, Prib joined as we were talking, as we were wrapping up the medical minute, talking about post shower sweats and now post shower shits. I can only imagine what Prib thinks he walked into here. He thinks this is a fuck goddamn football. Co- podcast for pete's sake but he walked into all that so prim shout out for listening live and, and not leaving after what you walked into bring it all back to yeah. football players i'm sure there's plenty of o-linemen and other football players who uh who sweat after their showers but yeah um just to catch pribs up we were talking about gar sweating after he sees guys in the shower in the nfl locker room <laughs> um it's just, you know it's you know it's one of those kind of sweats all right, Josh, let's let's keep her moving here. We're going a little over what we'd like to be before we start the Fave Farve. So let's get right into the Fave Farve. Josh, what is the topic this week? One more time. I didn't hear it, so I imagine the fans didn't either. One more time. Books. Okay. I'm sure I'm sure Asher appreciated that. It is books. That is correct. We got five fan submissions this week. Uh, we're not going to give a lot of preempt. Um, Al called in last, but I think Jesse's list is going to be terrible, so we're going to kind of push him in the middle. We're going to let Al go first, then Jesse, then Brad Bryant, and then Hammer, a rare Hammer call, and we're going to let Hammer go last because I think his list will actually be good. So, uh, Al, you're going to give us the lead off. You're going to set a great tone for the Fave Farve books. Let's hear what Willie's Fave Farve books are. What's up? It's Al with uh, my fave Favre of books for number four. We'll go with Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Never read it, but it sounds provocative. Uh, number three, we'll go with Coloring Books. Those were some bangers back in the day. Could color for days. Uh, number two, 
we'll go where's waldo always always loved finding Wald, waldo and uh number one we'll go with holes stanley yelnets stanley yelnets and the crew they even made a movie with shia labeouf let's go dig it oh 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 dig it i love i love that list at al uh, how good were you at finding waldo josh uh pretty darn good gar yeah uh, yeah, because I mean, you see the entire page at once, so you kind of see him all the time. So it's an easy book. <laughs> oh, you're an idiot. Thank you, Al. I thought Holes is good. Coloring books, obviously classics. Who did I say was next? Jesse. Jesse said he's very excited for this. I don't know if he went with a joke or if he actually went with a real list and he's going to blow people away with his intellect. But uh, let's find out. Jesse's fave Favre books. Hi, this is Jesse Morissette calling for my fave Favre books. Now, I know a lot of you didn't expect to hear from me, uh, yep. mostly because I can't read. Correct. Uh, however, I do have a list anyways. So, my fave Favre is uh, picture books first. Uh, they're colorful. What's not to like? Number three is puzzle books because most of them have numbers or at least lines to color in. And it's super easy. Uh, number two is matchbooks. You can use them to light fireworks, start <laughs> fires, or really anything with fire. It's really fun. Uh, and my number one favorite book is the little black book that you keep all of your X's and ratings in. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> that That is a list that could only be brought to you by Jesse Morissette, Josh. I'm I'm almost speechless from that list. What do you, what do you have to say about Jesse's list? I mean, yeah, I'm speechless. I kind of expected a lot of it, but the fact that he had matchbooks on there and he didn't get it confused with matchbox cars is just beyond amazing. Guys. Uh, big sh- big shout out to Jesse for that. Uh, but they, I th- honestly thought uh, we we intentionally leave the, the prompts more vague because I like that people can come up with those creative answers. So I did like matchbooks. I will give Jesse kudos for that because um, that's not something I had thought about that I thought too hard about, not actual books. But I thought that was good. Um, uh, who am I going to play next? I'm going to play Brad next. Brad, also a rare call-in, but let's see what Brad's fave Favre books are. Brad, big brain on that kid. This is Brad with my fave Favre books, uh, coming in at number Favre, Big Red, uh, by Jim Kelgard, a book about a boy and his dog. Coming in at number three, American Assassin by Vince Flynn. Um, it's the origin story of one of my favorite characters of all time, a counter-terrorist operative, um, and how he came into that. Uh, coming in at number two, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Um, love that whole series, read multiple of them at the midnight release, um, but that would be my favorite of the seven, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, and coming in at number one, my favorite book of all time, Stormy, uh, also by Jim Kelgard, and you guessed it, a book about a boy and his dog. This has been Brad. Thanks. That has, in fact, been Brad. Obviously, a, a real and a, a, a genuine list out of Brad there, Josh. What do you? I haven't read any of those books. I never got into Harry Potter myself. I'm not reading any of these other books either. Um, do you have any? Were you a Harry Potter guy, or do you know anything about these books? Because I can't really speak to Brad this list at all, really. Uh, the Harry Potter one, yeah. I don't know the other ones. Big Red, I was just assuming it was a documentary or a bibliography of uh, Andy Reid. And I got excited for a moment, but yeah, I, I do remember it being about a dog and a boy, which, you know, kudos. 
All right. Well, Bradley, I wish I could say more about your list. I do genuinely appreciate you calling in, but I'm sure your dad appreciated your list and uh, maybe Hammer did. I know Hammer is a, a big reader out there. So, um, Bradley, thank you for your genuine Fave Favre book list. Um, who am I giving? Give, I'm giving the walk-off shot to Hammer, so we're going to hear from Al next. Let's hear – or no, not Al. I'm hearing from Brian next. Let's hear Brian's Fave Favre books, keeping it in the Knup family back-to-back. Hi, this is Brian with my Fave Favre books. Number four, Silence of the Lambs. Very, very good book. The book was way better than the movie. Number three, taking a little poetic license with this. I'm going with Tom Clancy, the Jack Ryan series of books. Super spy, Jack Ryan. Number two, a book called Stormy, about a boy and his dog uh, and helped me generate my love of the outdoors read the book probably for the first time in second grade have reread it a bunch of times since then probably even read it as a 40 45 year old um, and named a dog after that book liked it so much number one i'm going with the mitch rap series from vince flynn may he rest in peace awesome series of books read them all like the day they came out that's my list for the week Awesome. Lovely, lovely list out of Brian as well. Um, Josh, I, I again can't really speak to those. I've read literally zero of those books. I know nothing about those books I, other than I know the fact that Vince, Lind, uh, Vince Flynn exists. Um, it, can you provide any further insight? Obviously, it was cute to see both Bradley and Brian have Stormy on their list. Obviously, father and son We've got a, a lovely bond here. Anything else you can say about Brian's list other than the fact that those are supposedly books? Uh, I'm not crying. I'm not crying over that. I mean, you were posting. It looks like you were posting a meme while Brian was talking. So I don't know. I don't know how much crying. Well, that's because I was trying to trying to dry my eyes after listening to both of them talk about Stormy. Gotcha. Well, that that is I cool think, to see. I do think that's adorable. I haven't read any of those books, but yes, um, if if they were if they named uh, Stormy after that book, then that must be an impactful book for both of them. There you go. That's uh, that's a good thing to say. Thank you uh, again, Brian, for calling in with a, a nice little genuine list this week for you know giving giving some insight to a, a small brain person like me who really only reads one series of books, and it's because it's about a video game. But we're giving Hammer the walk off shot this week. Hammer and I actually had a very lovely discussion about books earlier this year. I believe it was at Jesse's housewarming party. Could have been before that, but. Uh, Hammer is a big reader. Man's got some time. Uh, he's obviously raising a child, but Andrew loves his book, so we're giving him the walk-off shot. Let's see what uh, Bradley and Brian, who seem like uh, sincere readers, so go ahead and write these down. Let's see what Hammer's Fave Favre books are. What's up, guys? Andrew Hammer with my uh, Fave Favre books. Uh, big fantasy reader. Uh, at number four, I got Clash of Kings by George R. R. Martin. Uh, the Game of Thrones Battle of the Blackwater is just way better in book form. Uh, number three, Prisoner of Azkaban, J.K. Rowling. Uh, it's really a book that put Harry Potter on the map, and even reading through the series four times, it still holds up as my favorite. Uh, number two, The Way of Kings uh, by Brandon Sanderson. It's a Stormlight Archive, great series uh, about a, a soldier turned into a slave. It's just really clever, and it makes you really root for the main character. Uh, number one, Name of the Wind, Patrick Rothfuss. By far the best book I've ever read. It's basically adult Harry Potter, and it's just beautifully written, so... Check it out if you haven't. There you go. Hammer, a big fantasy reader. So maybe that doesn't correlate as much as I uh, thought about previously with Brian and Brad, who seem to, you know, 
like a little more real world stuff but uh you never know there's hammer's list there i'm sure hammer can post the book titles again in the chat or i can make the auto file available if you want to listen to it again for his book uh faves and i would assume also book recommendations at a hammer but thank you so much fans for calling in i had five of you this week that was good josh you're what the fuck are you doing here josh <laughs> I, I, the note sheet. I had I was just trying to highlight things and go back and forth and I accidentally move things. Sorry, don't. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> okay, well, we're good. Uh, we we we're gonna have to step up our speed just a little bit. I know my books list isn't gonna be very impactful on people, so I don't mind speeding through mine. I don't know where yours is at, so I can give you a little more time. I'll give you the walk off shot. But you want to preempt? But actually, no, you can preempt after I start talking. Um, but here's our fave five books between me and Josh. Um, you know, I didn't think too hard about my list. I mean, if I would have been, I steered a little bit differently because I wanted a little bit of variety in my fave five this week. Just because, I mean, it probably would just would have been four of the novels from the Halo universe. There's like 30 books out there. I love them all, uh, but I thought that'd be a boring list. Just four Halo novels that no one else will ever read. So I didn't do that. I, I switched it up a little bit, but a bunch of honorable mentions in here because I have read some books. Some of them aren't technically books. Like I really like the Strength Finders or the Emotional Intelligence 2.0. I mean, you can argue on what the value is of those books, but I think they're interesting. I think it gives people in life who are maybe misguided or looking where to go next. I think that can help push you in a direction, maybe not the right direction, but how to Win Influence Friends and People in the Digital Age. Um, that's a good book. Gung Ho, um, Do Nothing are some great books I read. Um, those are all kind of more like real life applications. If you're looking for more of a story, but to learn, Blue Like Jazz is a great book about uh, Christianity. doesn't really apply to me, but I thought it was good to get more perspectives. If you're trying to learn more about people with uh, an eating disorder, which I wanted to previously, a book recommended to me maybe five years ago was Winter Girls. So if you've ever been curious about what goes through the mind of a person with an eating disorder, Winter Girls is the book I would recommend, uh, but it's just an honorable mention for me. Um, and then going back to childhood, I threw down Captain, Underca Captain Underpants, love those books, Time Warp Trio, and Of Mice and Men from high school is pretty good, but... Getting to my fave Favre, uh, I'm gonna, it's a very recency bias, but I want to do it. I'm doing Attached by Amir Levine. That's a book all about attachment styles. The book is written in a romantic lens, but you could definitely apply it to your friends and your family. Just understanding how uh, it, your attachment styles impacted in childhood. It helped me learn a lot about some past situations with people in my life. So Attached by Amir Levine, I think is a pretty good book that people should read if, they're, if they don't really understand people totally and they want to see what could be going on behind the, behind the eyes sometimes. So that's my number five, Josh. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so I'll start off with some honorable mentions as per usual. Um, so um, I, I'll try not to spend a whole lot of time on any of them, but um, the Harry Potter series, uh, specifically The Prisoner of Azkaban and Half-Blood Prince were probably my two favorite in, those, in that series. Uh, just because, like Hammer said, uh, Azkaban kind of put it on the map, and then Half-Blood Prince, I feel like, kind of started the whole, what? But, uh, and so the, um, that's the Harry Potter series, um, a series of unfortunate events, a long series, um, always, always interesting to me growing up. It was definitely a kid, definitely geared towards young adults, kids, but it was also um, a book that never really had the... And until the end, I guess, never really had the main characters coming out victorious, um, but they did end up winning, if that makes any sense. So, like, they, they ended up in a bad situation, unfortunate event, maybe, some might call it, and uh, ended up coming out on top, um, but they were somewhat left worse for wear. Uh, next, The Edge Chronicles. Um, not quite sure. So, it, this one, I'm going to spend... I, I don't know how to explain it, but growing up, I read these books. It was like about a, a little kid who grew up in the trees and there's monsters and it was definitely a fantasy. It was like a young adult kid's book. Um, but it's like a, there's 
oh gosh, what did it? There's four different trilogies, all about different people, but on the same universe. If that makes sense. Um, and I read one of them. Um, and so that one, I don't remember what the actual titles are, um, but it was the Edge Chronicles. Um, and then the Hunger Games series, I did enjoy the books more than the movies by far. Um, and so those are my honorable mentions. There are probably a few more, but whatever. Uh, number four, I've got uh, one that I'm surprised didn't make anybody else's list. It definitely one of those books that um, when you had to go to the library in uh, middle school and um, high school, elementary school, and you kind of needed to pick a book to read because your teacher need, said, yeah, you need to be reading. Uh, I got to grab Hatchet, the 1987 Ooh. classic by Harry Paulson. Um, and so that is going to be my number five. Yeah, I will say we've really realistically only got like two minutes if we want to get out under an hour like usual. That's way too unrealistic. We're all being sincere tonight, so I'll just make the executive call. We'll just go over tonight. I won't even probably be able to cut it down to less than an hour. So take your time. I don't care if you go over a couple minutes tonight. But um, uh, yeah, I am. I, I thought of anyone. If Hatcher was going to make anyone's list, um, it would have been Brian or Brad. Brad. Obviously, they've uh, read other books um, since then. But Hatchet was obviously a classic. one. Was it elementary school or middle school? Either way, uh, we all. I think we all read it. Middle growing. school, yeah. Yeah, good book though. I think that's good number four. Um, not very impactful on me though, because I don't. I'm an indoorsy kind of guy. So, um, but my number three, Josh. Uh, it kind of this. Uh, I tried to go with different themes, but my four and my three are pretty similar. This one is. Um, it's more of a medical psychology book, but it's called "The Science of Happily Ever After" by Tai Tashiro. I don't. I don't remember if he was a doctor or a professor at the U of M. Something like that, though. He worked at the U of M, so it was a cool local tie. And it's just uh, both attached in the signs of heavily after are similar, but it's a, it's a cool book that weaves in literal psychology, you know, scientific studies with stories, and it just makes learning enjoyable, which is something I need for me. Textbooks or you know anything similar can be pretty dry, so when uh, when writers are able to weave in you know stories and real world applications to scientific findings, I always enjoy that. So my number three was the science of heavily happily ever after by Tai Tashiro. Um. Nice. My uh, my number three is another kind of young adult book. Um, I read it as a young adult, kind of high school um, ages. It was written in 1992, um, and it's the second most recent book on my list, actually. Fun fact. Um, Thief of Always. Gar, have you ever heard about that book? Uh, me never, no. Okay. Um, so I mentioned it as a young adult book, but it is a, thinking back on it, it's one of those things like, I actually read this? Um, it's about a kid who's bored with his normal life and ends up being like lured into a uh, trap by a wizard magician man. Um, and he goes to a place where each day is all four seasons and he can, you know, wish whatever he wants, gets whatever he wants. So obviously, you know, a 10-year-old kid is going to love that idea. Um, but each day that passes um, while he's gone is like six months in the real world. And so when they do find out that this guy was using their wishes and dreams and hopes for um, his own um, life force uh, and they get out, um, they go back to a world that wasn't uh, the same. And so then they have to try and go back and find a way. But yeah, it's a really messed up book that's geared towards kids. Interesting. Yeah, no, I've literally never heard of that again. I was, especially in my formative school age years, I just could not give two shits about books. I'm not even saying I care much about books now, but... You know, so I'm probably you'll notice that mine and your list is very different, and my list is probably different to most people's list. But uh, yeah, that sounds like an interesting book, though. Uh, if I were a reader, I'd probably check it out. But um, I think that's a good one. 
My number two, Josh, this is, uh, it's another kind of like a science-y book, this one. We're not looking at medical science anymore. This time we're looking at economics. Freakonomics is my number two book by Stephen D. Levitt and uh, Stephen J. Uh, Boudner. I'm not sure what his last name is, how his last name is pronounced, but Stephen D. Levitt and Freakonomics. If you Google it, you'll see what Freakonomics is. But it was just, I read it, um, I don't even remember when. It was probably right uh, early college, and I was thinking about kind of what I want to major in. Uh, major in and uh, free economics really just kind of opened my side to what kind of economics can show you it's not always an exact science and you know you can anyone who knows a lot about economics can argue the different schools and the Keynesianism and uh, we got uh, the Austrian theory and now the modern monetary theory it's there's a lot going on in economics right now but uh, simply put it's just it was an interesting way of looking at problems that I had never thought of so like some of the in the original free economics books they've kind of gone on to do more since then but some of the things they talked about in their first book was um, the uh, cheating and sumo wrestling, just kind of the economics of that, which isn't something maybe a lot of people are interested in, but I are interested in, but I found it very interesting. They also talked about the socioeconomic patterns of naming children, um, which I thought was actually very interesting. And I think, I don't know if the documentary is still on Netflix where they cover some of those things, but if you look up Freakonomics on Netflix, it may still be there as well. So you don't have to read a book, you just watch it, which is kind of what I prefer. But And then they also talked about, not to take a political stance, I'm just going to say what they, t- or not a political stance, but a polarizing stance, but I'm just going to talk about what they talked about in the book. One of the other topics they covered in their first Freakonomics book was, um, they talk about how legal abortion uh, impacts crime rates and it usually kind of makes crime drop over time. So I just thought it was a very interesting way to think about crime and how you know abortion obviously being a very hot topic but how abortion can actually potentially impact crime rates um so it is just a very very eye-opening book for me just not in the sense that i'm learning this uh, a lot because sometimes economics can be way off on what it's talking about but i will say that um if you're looking for new perspectives on uh, some issues out in the world freakonomics is something to to check out as a book that meant a lot to me i think in some of my formative college years so i check out freakonomics Josh, your number two. Uh, coming in at number two, book written uh, probably about, you know, give or take five years uh, around the time Brian was born. Um, Brian being one of our older gentlemen in the in the audience. Um, this is The Count of Monte Cristo, written in 1844. Um, always loved the book. Um, I read it in high school. Um, it's I read, well, I love, I read the dumbed down version in high school. I have the actual version. Um, and uh but uh the the actual version is like five thousand pages long um and it's you know written by a Frenchman, so kind of have to stop every once in a while to like eat a steak or something american um but it's a you know kind of the ultimate story about hope revenge um just you know the guy who's falsely imprisoned because somebody was jealous or three people were jealous comes back kind of wreaks havoc on those guys, makes sure that he ends up on top and um just love that story. Yeah, I'm not very familiar with uh, Monte Cristo, just like I am with most classic books, but obviously that's a name. Like, when you said it out loud, I, I knew it. I, I've heard it many times. I just didn't really know the story myself, so that's interesting. Okay. Interesting. That it's, it's, interesting I think you'd be into it. Um, they don't have any um, media items that um, would be dumb it down. kind of your speed. Or, yeah, yeah, dumb it down, really. <laughs> um, but if you if you want to take some time, you know. Sure. I mean, this guy's in prison for like 14 years in the book. So, you know, you got to kind of keep in mind that it doesn't get good till the 14 years are up. Sure. Um, but uh, they have a movie out and, and the movie's pretty good too. I like it, but it, it doesn't do it justice um, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah, I think most people say that about books to movies. So that's uh, that's something to be expected, but interesting. Okay, 
good. Number two out of Josh, I think. My number one, uh, this would be no shock to anyone who knows a little bit about me, but my number one is Halo, The Fall of Reach by Eric Nyland. Um, you might think that sounds dumb initially, but honestly, it's I think it's a pretty cool book. It's the Master Chief origin story. Uh, I was reading it. I remember the exact first time I read it. I was driving home from Wisconsin Dells, of all places, with my friend Christian Cook. We were very good childhood friends. We played Halo a lot together. He had a birthday party in Wisconsin Dells. I went and sitting in the back seat that book was there on the way back and i read it and i got absolutely hooked and then um you know i've been reading every single halo novel since and you might not think there's a lot of books about you know a video game universe but i think at this point there's 30 different halo novels and i've read every single one of them so anyone who's looking for like a military spacey kind of story i would recommend it obviously you'll get a lot more out of it if you play the games and are familiar with the characters and this and that you know someone just reading it dry or raw would probably not appreciate it the same way i do but i obviously i think they're a good enough series of books i've read uh, all 30 of them so far so yeah halo the fall of reach is my favorite book because it uh, spawned into a lot more reading which is not something i normally do so that's my number one josh what do you got um coming in at number one on my list probably no shock to many um it is a book in the game of thrones franchise a storm of swords uh the number three book in that um i feel like that's where i do like hammers a clash of kings um with the battle of uh the blackwater um but i do think that the storm of swords had one a lot of those moments where it's just like what huh um, the Red Wedding occurred. You also get to see the uh, reincarnation of Caitlin um, as uh, Blackheart or Darkheart. What I didn't, Stoneheart. There we go. Um, written in 2000, so years older than many people um, initially thought. Since I mean, the first book in the Game of Thrones was written in 91. Um, so yeah, um, that's just my favorite. Just all page turning action. Uh, love the books. Hate the show ending <laughs> all right well that's that's a good fave farve josh i think uh you know i guess you never know what to expect with books sometimes with uh this particular fantasy football crowd you know you could imagine that talking about your fave farve books would be bad but i appreciate everyone coming out with their responses i do appreciate al and jesse as well obviously their lists were a little different than some of the other entries but i mean you brought some humor and i you know i'm happy with the show that's why i was happy to let it go over i think uh, i think we had a good fave farve this week shout out to everyone for calling in with their fave five books uh the topic next week what? josh Oh, sorry, go ahead. Guard, do you want to go ahead and uh, repeat what you had just said? I appreciate everyone fave calling in with their fave farts. Five books. Did, did I say five? Oh, no. You are an idiot, <laughs> and I hate you. You are now dumber for having heard me said that. I understand. Uh, anyways, the uh, topic teaser for next week. I think, I don't know if Brian recommended this or if he recommended something simpler, which then spawned me to add this additional one to the list. But next week is going to be our fave Favre songs you always hum along to. I'm pretty sure, maybe it was Brian, maybe it was someone else. Sorry for giving the wrong credit. But I'm pretty sure someone put someone you always or songs you always tap your foot to or songs you always do something to. But this one, I want to do specifically songs you always hum along to because I feel like humming is different than tapping your foot. Humming is different than whistling this and that. So songs you always hum along to is our uh, topic next week. So I'd love to hear you guys' Fave Favre there as well. Obviously, we're talking about the Fave Favre. There's a raffle going on. I shared in the Discord today that you know who's got how many entries brian's currently killing it al's up there as well um so yeah keep calling in with your voicemails and you can get some entries obviously al and brian and uh, some of those other people are far ahead because they've left the station identification um and i'll just pay, play an example right here i'm ryan walters that other podcast host that you hate the most and you're listening to the hidden oaks overdose 
football fix. Leaving one of those is a four entries right there. So they left them last year, so they still get the ent- the bonus entries this year because otherwise it won't be fair. So if you leave us one of those, that's four entries right there. But uh, yeah, keep leaving us voicemails to get yourself some raffle entries for some hood pod swag. Josh, you got any final words for the folks out there? Obviously, we've gone a little long. We've been trying to stay strict under an hour, but sometimes you just got to let her go when the content's too good. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, wish Walters a uh, healthy recovery. Turns out he does not have the COVID. Um, Based on my expert medical advice that you heard in that medical minute, I'm just going to go ahead and say that the result of or the cause of your sickness is definitely uh, listening to your own podcast. Um, And so I would uh, suggest maybe refraining from that um, because every time I listen, I do get a case of the bubble guts. (laughs) Okay. Josh firing shots here at the end. Uh, I don't have any final... I don't have any final words other than if you want to play Halo Infinite uh, multiplayer with us tonight, probably getting on around 7-ish. Uh, so come uh, come play some big team battle. We got the Discord out there. You can chat with us 24-7. Anchor.fm slash hoodpod. Prohibit anyone else who wants to get some raffle entries. Leave us voicemails. Leave, leave us that station identification. You'll get raffle entries. Easy peasy at anchor.fm slash hoodpod. Or you can leave us an email, hiddenoaksoverdose at gmail.com. Check out our website, hiddenoaksoverdose.com. That's all we got to say, folks. That's everything. Sorry for going over. We appreciate you staying loyal and listening live. We'll be back to an hour next week, most likely. Jeremy, shout out for being 10 and 0. Have a good night, everybody. Oh, no, I don't have the song ready. Never mind. I'm not going to end just yet. All right. Now, have a good night, everybody. Game <laughs> over. That's not a song. Oh, we've still got six listeners. I mean, Jeremy's probably going to stick around for a couple hours, let you know, let let everybody think that he's still listening, so he can have some alone time. I did notice. I think last week, uh, Jamie made this mistake earlier in the year, but I think if you stay in the lobby late, you'll get stuck on your phone. I think Jesse was in there for a day or two, and if we would have started talking at any point, gone into the channel, his phone just would have been yelling at him. So, uh, it happens. Got to be careful. Walters, all right, Walters, you can you can request to speak. Sure, what do you got, buddy? Show's over. You can't ruin it now. Oh, what's going on? Oh, Walters, uh, not much. What's going on with you? Oh, and then he left immediately. I don't know if he knew. You're welcome. But... Oh, Josh, be oh, Josh, played nice. <laughs>